Nobody. What, what a bunch of selfish people. Yeah. I will pray for each and every one of you now. But uh, I'm not a good gift giver either. We're in good company together. My wife, she's a great gift giver. That works out really well for me. Uh, you know, some people pride themselves on giving good gifts. But let me ask you another question. Who's a good gift receiver? You like to receive gifts? Yeah. Uh, but not all that many hands, really, you know, because it's hard. It's hard to receive gifts. It's hard to be on the receiving end of things. You feel an obligation to the person who gave it to you, and you feel like you've got to pay them back, and we already said we're not good at that, at giving gifts. So it's a lot of pressure, right? Receiving is sometimes harder than giving gifts in some cases. That's something that, it, it, there's just something about us that makes it hard for us to receive gifts and not feel weird about it, not feel the need to pay things back. It just makes us really uncomfortable, right? Well, I told you I'm a bad gift giver. You are too, apparently. So I'm kind of a sucker for gift guides. Like this time of year, just before Christmas season, there's always these guides that come out to help you know how to spend all your money and everything. And and as you know, for for almost 90 years now, uh, if you can believe that, almost 90 years, GQ magazine has been the, the go-to guide for men's fashion. You can tell that I am not a subscriber, but... Uh, uh, but they came out with a gift guide for the holiday, and so I'm just going to do us all a favor. Uh, if you're looking for a gift for that special someone in your life, I found a couple of selections uh, uh, right on the cutting edge of, of men's fashion here. So take a look at, at this one here. Uh, that's a bold fashion choice. That jacket says, I am going places in my life, right? And, uh, and the price is right, only $775. That can be yours. But actually, right now, it's on sale for only $400. That's like a steal. You should, you should jump on that one right away. Maybe that's not your style. That's okay. Maybe you're looking for a little more unique gift. Here's another good option. This leaf print jacket that, that might be just the right gift for that man in your life. And I love the description for this item. It says, a tropical print that is moody enough to make sense in the dead of winter. That's how they describe it. And I don't know what winter looks like where this guy is, but I don't think that jacket would, would hold up well in our winters here. But it is another a great deal. Originally $400, but right now only uh, less than $200 for the holidays. How about that? So there's just, a couple, there's just a couple of gift ideas from the GQ Holiday Guide. Maybe somebody you know needs those things. But today I want to talk about GQ, not the fashion magazine, but I want to talk about our gratitude quotient our own GQ, because growing in gratitude is a spiritual practice that's going to grow each and every one of us in big ways. And today we begin a brand new series, a series that's going to lead us up to the Advent season. It's a series we're calling Thanks and Giving. And throughout this series, we'll hopefully grow in our gratitude. We're going to learn or relearn uh, some fundamental ideas that are going to guide us through the holidays and hopefully beyond. So we're going to start by taking a, a, a look at a moment where Jesus flexes his own GQ, his own gratitude quotient, and he teaches us an important lesson in gratitude in the process. We're going to look at a moment from the book of Luke, chapter 17, Luke 17, and we're going to start in verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. You can open up your Bibles there, and man, I love to hear the sounds of, of uh, Bible pages flipping. There's just something about that sound. I know digital Bibles don't make any noise. That's okay, but just the sound of those fingers moving uh, makes me happy. Our hearts being open to what God has to say. So Luke 17, uh, we're going to start in verse 11. While traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him. 
They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, Get up, go on your way. Your faith has saved you. So this is a somewhat unusual interaction that Jesus has with these ten folks, but it can teach us about our own GQ, our own gratitude quotient. How are we at gratitude? And as we explore this passage, let's notice just a few things. First, it's going to help us understand a little bit of the the context. Jesus is in between Samaria and Galilee, two different regions. He's passing between them, so he's kind of in no man's land, if you will, and he's still on the outside of a village, so these these ten men with leprosy address him, but they don't come directly up. They, they, they stay out at a distance, this passage tells us, and there's a reason for that. These men are following the, the law, the law of Moses, and the law of Moses actually has a lot of things to say about people with skin disease. I read up all about it this week, pretty fascinating, comprehensive stuff, but... Uh, One of the things that it mentions is that people with skin disease, they couldn't enter the community. According to the book of Leviticus, they had to live outside of town because they're considered ritually unclean. So these ten lepers, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They stay out of the village. They stay away from other people. And throughout the book of Luke, uh, one of the big themes is compassion. Luke paints this portrait of Jesus that is full of compassion, especially for uh, outsiders, for outcasts, those who are overlooked by others. Jesus continually shows compassion towards. He, he heals individuals. He heals groups of people. He heals important people. He heals outcasts. He shows just a great deal of compassion, and very often it comes through healing. So since Luke shows us this, this picture of Jesus that's full of compassion, that makes Jesus' response to these ten men a little bit surprising because he doesn't go to them. He doesn't even seem like he stops to talk to them, anything like you would expect Jesus to do. Instead, he just tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. It's, it's almost as if he's, he's shouting at them as he's walking the other direction. Just a straightforward command. I mean, it makes me think of like uh, uh, politicians. Ronald Reagan perfected this trick, and he'd arrive somewhere, like walking into a building or, or getting off his helicopter, and there's all these reporters. Mr. President, Mr. President, they want to ask him tough questions he don't want to answer, and so he would just smile and walk. Go show yourself to the priest. I mean, that's kind of what Jesus does. He's just walking away, talking to these guys. But Jesus knows the law. Jesus understands that going to the priest is exactly what these guys should do because, as I said, the law of Moses has a lot of specific information and commands about skin diseases. It's worth talking about a a little bit of that briefly. First of all, this term leprosy, it might not be exactly what we call leprosy or doctors call Hansen's disease. In the Bible, the, the term was used to refer to a number of different skin diseases, some really serious, some just like psoriasis, you know. And the law dictates if you have one of these diseases, you're, you're unclean until that disease goes away. And the way that you would find out if you were clean or not is you would go to the priest. The, the priest had the responsibility to inspect you. In fact, the book of Leviticus tells us this. When a case of serious skin disease may have developed on a person, he's to be brought to the priest. The priest will examine him. So built right into the law is exactly what Jesus tells these men. Go to the priest, let him inspect you. 
And it seems pretty clear that these guys had some kind of skin condition. They already knew that. So, like, what exactly is the priest going to say to them? You know, if you've got a rash all over you, you don't need to go to the doctor and say, oh, yeah, you've got a rash all over you. You already know, right? So it still seems like Jesus' response is a little bit flippant, not the compassion that we expect from him, especially in, in the Gospel of Luke. But, but Jesus knows something that you don't know. He knows that the same passage in Leviticus goes on. It provides a way for these guys to be declared clean by the priest. The passage goes on in Leviticus to say this, but the skin, if the skin disease breaks out all over the skin so that it covers all the skin of the stricken person from his head to his feet as far as the priest can see, the priest will look, and if the skin disease has covered his entire body, he's to pronounce the stricken person clean. Since he's turned totally white, he's clean. So see, if a person's totally covered by skin disease, if there's no raw spots or seeping scabs, that kind of a thing, then the person is to be declared clean. So it's, it's not a part of Bible you're going to commit to memory, you know, you're not going to learn this verse in Awana, but it's something that Jesus uses to teach us a valuable lesson about gratitude. Jesus instructs these guys to go to the priest to be inspected. So Jesus has given these guys a way to be clean. He's given them a gift, really, because they can go to the priest, they can be declared clean, and then they can re-enter society, all the things that they've been lacking as outcasts. All they have to do is just trust Jesus and do what he says. Easier said than done, right? But then something unexpected happens. Something that's beyond their wildest dreams occurs. They're healed. All ten of these men are healed. And throughout the Gospels, you know, Jesus heals a whole lot of people. He heals people in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes he does it by touching people. Sometimes he does it by simply speaking a word of healing. Sometimes the people are right in front of Jesus. Sometimes they're not. Uh, there's countless healings by Jesus. And each one that the, the gospel writers record, it has a purpose. It teaches us something about Jesus. But here, this particular healing, it's recorded in the gospels, but the real lesson comes after the healing, a lesson that helps us grow our gratitude quotient. All ten of these lepers are healed, but only one returns to thank Jesus. And this single leper, he does four things that we can learn from. Let's look at the passage again, verse 15, right in the middle of the paragraph. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. So the first thing he does is he returns. He comes back to Jesus. That's not to be overlooked. Gratitude can draw us closer to God if we allow it to. Gratitude can be the kind of thing that really catapults us forward in our relationship with God, that really grows us. And these kinds of moments can become for us defining moments in our spiritual life. When we're suffering, as this leper was, or when we're facing difficulty, it's very easy to be drawn away from God. It's really easy for us to focus on only the hardship, and that leads us away from God. I mean, think about the situation of this leper. It was a painful disease. Some of us know what what living with chronic pain is like. It affects everything in your life. That's one challenge he had, one thing that, that he could have focused on that would draw him away from God. It was also an embarrassing disease. Nobody wants to be around you. You're, you're exiled. You're outcast. And these ten men are away from whatever families they might have, away from society. They're lonely, uh, having only each other to interact with. They have a lot of reasons to turn away from God. And the truth is, if we look at our own lives hard enough, we can find plenty of reasons to move away from God. 
we can start to focus on all the things that are hard in our lives, all the things that are challenging. I mean, maybe for you, it's just putting food on the table each day is hard. Money's always tight, or, or work is extra stressful. Maybe you've got serious health challenges you can't stop thinking about. All those things tend to color our attitudes. And in those times, it's really easy to lose sight of the blessings of God. But this Samaritan's a model for us because he lets gratitude draw him closer to God. He returns to Jesus. He focuses on the healing and most importantly on the source of the healing. He doesn't lose sight of that even in the midst of everything else. The second thing that he does is he gives glory to God. He understands where his blessings came from. He understood that that Jesus, even though Jesus didn't touch him, didn't utter a word of healing, he knows that Jesus was responsible for his blessing. The healing happens while they were going, it says, and, and it probably was very easy for the rest of these nine guys to just keep going. And we don't know why they didn't come back. The passage doesn't tell us, but, but one thing we do know is we're a lot more like the nine than we are like the one, right? It's hard for us to receive gifts. It's hard for us to set aside our pride enough to be able to give glory to God. When good things happen, we either take it for granted or we give credit to our own hard work or or we very rarely will stop and give credit to God, give glory to God. So I don't know if these other nine just got distracted or, or more likely they were embarrassed. I mean, again, these folks were outcasts. They'd been exiled from their community maybe for a really long time. And I have no doubt that their hearts were hardened by their circumstances. But this one leper comes back. And when he comes back to Jesus, he draws closer to God through his gratitude. He gives glory to God. That's an act of real humility. And that's something we can all learn from. It's so hard for us to receive gifts because it's hard for us to accept the fact that we need something that we can't provide for ourselves. It takes a real dose of humility to be able to receive a gift that you really need. And humility is not something that we're big on, right? The third thing that this leper does is he worships. The passage tells us he fell face down at the feet of Jesus. He used his gratitude to draw him into worship for Jesus. Uh, Too often when we have a blessing or or we have a problem that disappears, we say, whew, glad that's over with, and we're on to the next thing. But just like these nine lepers, we we just keep on walking, keep moving on with our lives. But we can learn from this Samaritan leper. We can respond with gratitude that leads us to worship. Just like giving glory to God requires humility, turning our gratitude into worship requires that that we come face to face with the the fact that we can't fix our problems on our own. We always uh, feel like we want to meet our own needs. We buy into this lie that we don't need anything. But that's not true. We do. Gratitude should carry an acknowledgement that we didn't fix ourselves. We owe gratitude to God and we give it to him in worship. It's okay to admit that we can't do things on our own. We need God's help. And when he provides it, we, we worship him. We worship him because he's capable enough and he's compassionate enough to care for us. The final thing this man does, the fourth thing, is that he gives thanks. Seems like such a simple thing. Jesus changes this guy's life And he gives thanks, so simple, just says thank you. But check this out. Nowhere else in any of the Gospels do we see a person thanking Jesus like this. This is the only place in all the Gospels where someone thanks Jesus after getting a blessing. And that should tell us how rare it is in our lives too, right? We're all too happy to take those blessings from God, but without bothering to stop and thank him. 
without bothering to return to him or to worship him because he's capable enough to help us and he's loving enough to care about us. So this leper does four things that are pretty rare for us. He returns to Jesus, acknowledging that Jesus has changed his life. He gives glory to God. He lets his gratitude turn into worship, and he gives thanks. These are all things that we could do more of in our own lives. And that leads us to the big idea this morning. We've called the series Thanks and Giving, so you know what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. But uh, this morning, Jesus teaches us this big idea about thankfulness, about gratitude. Gratitude leads us closer to God. Ingratitude draws us away from God. All ten of these lepers were healed, but only one had the gratitude that drew him to God. He returned, he glorified God, he worshipped him, and he gave thanks. He had a response that shows a high level of GQ, gratitude quotient. I can't help but think about our worship service last Sunday. If you were here, you got to experience wonderful uh, baptisms and testimonies from our Spanish-language congregation. And I don't know how many of you remember, but uh, one of the young men we baptized was a man named Daryl. He'd been raised Catholic, but later decided he was an atheist. Talk about moving away from God. And and his friend confronted him. In fact, uh, Daryl said his friend was ready to slap him. You know, I don't know if that's a very effective evangelism strategy, but... uh, But what happened next really is what caught my attention. His friend starts to look around and see all these blessings from God. He sees this woman walk by with her child, and he realized the blessing that kids are. Uh, He saw some other things. He points all these things out to Daryl, and and all those blessings, that's what helped Daryl realize that that God was real. That gratitude drew Daryl closer to God and ultimately to, to, to choose Christ. Gratitude draws us closer to God. That's what Jesus teaches us through this interaction. Another person whose life has a strong testimony to this idea is Johnny Erickson Tata. She's learned the value of gratitude, how it can draw us closer to God. You probably know the story of Johnny Erickson Tata. In 1967, at the age of 17, Johnny Erickson Tata was just having some fun with friends, and she had a diving accident, and in a moment, her entire life changed. She, uh, as a result of her accident, she's a quadriplegic. She's confined to a wheelchair, without the use of her hands. And as she underwent extensive rehabilitation, she spent long months just relearning how to do all kinds of things. She learned how to paint with a, with a paintbrush in between her teeth. And she's got uh, just incredible artwork. They're stunning. Uh, people collect them and everything like that. To date, she's written over 40 books, recorded all kinds of musical albums. She starred in a movie about her life. She's an advocate for people with disabilities. And her life has been hard, to say the least. But if there's one thing that Johnny personifies, it's gratitude. She tells us, today, look around you. Surely there are small blessings, little joys, tiny hints of God's favor for which you can be grateful. Don't take things for granted today. Take them with gratitude, she says. Well, when a person who's experienced as much as Johnny Erickson Tata tells us to seek gratitude, we should probably pay attention. Or when Jesus stops to highlight the value of gratitude in a person's life, we should probably pay attention. When Johnny Erickson Tata was laying in that hospital trying to make sense of her new reality as a quadriplegic, she could have abandoned God altogether, and she was tempted to. She was angry, she was confused, she was scared, but she started to find gratitude in little ways, and that drew her closer to God. She found the ability to move forward by growing in her gratitude quotient. Gratitude draws us closer to God. 
And the more gratitude we find, the easier it is for us to find more and more. We keep growing and growing and growing. So for us, we hopefully don't face anything as difficult as the life of this Samaritan leper, as as the daily struggle of Johnny Erickson Tata, but we still have a hard time with gratitude. So what can we do to grow our own GQ? How can we live with thankfulness and gratitude each and every day? How can we draw closer to God by expressing our own gratitude? Well, one thing we can do is very, very simple. We can just practice. Maybe the most surprising thing this leper teaches us is that he just says thank you to Jesus for his blessing. And just like Johnny Erickson Tata says, we can find things to be thankful for each and every day. But that takes practice. So one thing you can do is simply practice saying thank you. Have you ever noticed how hard that is? You know, that's part of the challenge of receiving a gift from someone or even a compliment. We feel like we've got to pay it back. I mean, somebody says, oh, you look nice today. And you say, oh, you look nice too. You know, we've got to pay everything back, right? Uh, We have a hard time just accepting a gift. Someone goes out of their way to to do something or say something. We feel like we've got to pay it back, you know. But but just practicing, uh, growing in our GQ, one of the ways we do is just just practicing. Just say thank you and let that be that, you know. We do that with gifts that people give us, but also with things that, that God has given us. I mean, God works through people, certainly, but sometimes... He just works. He just shows up. We start to recognize those things in our lives, and we could just thank him. Uh, just this past week, my, my daughter showed me a picture of sunset. She'd snapped this picture uh, as she was uh, on her way home. It's just a gorgeous sunset. That's a gift from God. Thank you. Right? We could grow in our GQ just finding ways to thank him for those kinds of things. And there's a couple of ways we can do it. We could practice spontaneous thanksgiving, you know, when somebody gives you something or when you come to the realization that God has done something for you, a beautiful sunset, whatever, you just thank him. Not planned, just spontaneous thankfulness. Over time, you start to grow in your ability to recognize those things. You begin to develop an ongoing practice of giving thanks to God as you go throughout your day. So, so spontaneous thanksgiving, that's one way to grow your GQ, just, just being on the lookout and then stopping. Acknowledge the the, the and be grateful for the things that God has given you. Another way to practice being thankful is similar, but it's not spontaneous. It's intentionally pausing in your day to express gratitude, just taking concentrated time for that. Uh, I've started to try to do this more and more lately. Uh, one of our kids, our youngest son, Max, has had seizures in his sleep. So we got a, a video baby monitor so we could watch and make sure he's, he's safe. And actually, we were given it. Speaking of gratitude, we were given this baby monitor. And... Uh, uh, you know, one thing I like to do is I just like to watch them sleep. You know, kids are, are adorable when they're sleeping. And, uh, and I just watch them, and I just thank God for them. You know, I just, just take the time to just stop and, and thank God for him and for all our kids. I mean, I get, to be, I get to be the dad of all these people, and that leads me just to, to a lot of gratitude. I don't deserve any of that, and I just acknowledge that they're a gift from God, you know. I know of another person who, uh, they can't start their day without coffee. They're in a real bad mood till they get that coffee. I'm not talking about myself, by the way. But, uh, but the other thing this person does is awesome. They, they wake up every day and they just take 60 seconds, just one minute, to think about the things that they're grateful for that day. And then uh, just, just, just a minute to think about those things. And then they ask God, who can I thank today? What a great way to start the day, you know, just being intentionally thankful. 
Uh, my wife and I, we're just starting a new practice of, of ending our day that way. As we get ready to pray before we go to bed, just take a moment to, to note. And actually, we're writing down the things, the good things that happen in the course of the day. And sometimes it's a pretty short list, you know what I mean? But um, uh, we're just practicing, trying to grow our own GQ. Uh, it reminds me really of a well-known quote from Pastor Chuck Swindoll. He talks about just the, the value of having a right attitude and, and this is what he says. He says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home, The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced, he says, that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. So one of the big things we can do to improve our GQ is just to practice giving thanks, changing our attitude, whether it's spontaneous or intentional, whether it's directly to God or to a person who's serving as the hands and feet of God. We can give thanks much more often than we do now, and that kind of gratitude will draw us closer to God. There's another big way we can respond, a big way we can grow in our gratitude quotient. This Samaritan leper, he comes to Jesus, he gives glory to God, and that part's not to be overlooked because it requires a great deal of humility. I mean, as I've said before, it's, it's really easy when something good happens or, or uh, uh, something, uh, somebody gives us something, we want to give credit or give glory to almost anything or anyone else other than God. You know, oh, I finally got that promotion due to all my hard work. No, no. This leper, he realized he had nothing to do with his healing, nothing to do with the good thing that God had done for him. And I think that's something we need to come face to face with. We really need to repent from our own sense of self-sufficiency. Especially around here, there's such a strong work ethic. There's a lot of skill, a lot of know-how, a lot of pull-ourselves-up-by-the-bootstraps mentality. And those attitudes are not all bad And yet the book of James tells us, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I mean, if the gospel teaches us anything, it teaches us that we are not self-sufficient. It teaches us that we are in desperate need of rescue from ourselves. It teaches us that left to our own, we would perish No amount of skill or or bootstrap pulling is going to help us. We need God's help to rescue us, to save us. And so we've got to repent of self-sufficiency. We can acknowledge first that there are things we need. We we tend to let pride and self-sufficiency fool us into that lie. Ah, we don't need anything, but we do. First of all, we need God. We've got to acknowledge our need for him every day. And secondly, we've got to recognize that God has already given us an amazing gift, something we could never earn and we could never pay back, and so we just thank him. We worship him. We repent of self-sufficiency, and we just give glory to God. Let our gratitude draw us closer to God. 
I told you the real lesson of this story comes after the healing, and it comes from the way this leper responds, these four ways we've talked about. But the lesson also comes in how Jesus sums up the situation. Look at the very end of the story again. Jesus tells this man that his faith has saved him. He's disappointed that the other nine didn't come back, just this one. So so understand, all ten were healed. They all received that physical healing. And yet for this, this one, the one who returns, who draws closer to God because of his gratitude, he received healing in his body and in his soul. Gratitude draws us closer to God. This interaction with these ten lepers has so much to teach us about our own GQ. Gratitude should draw us closer to God. In fact, as Jesus and his disciples are traveling, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. They wanted to be closer to God. They wanted to be closer to Jesus. And right after they ask for more faith, that's when this moment happens with these ten lepers. So it's a lesson in gratitude, but it's a lesson ultimately in stronger and better faith. So I started off asking you how you are when it comes to gifts, but let me ask you again, how are you at receiving gifts? If every good and perfect gift comes from above, are you deceived thinking that your own skill, your own hard work is why you're blessed? Or does your gratitude show up as worship? Do you give glory to God for the good things in your life? Do you know that it's your faith alone that saved you and that's a gift of grace even? Do you thank him for those things? Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you. You know our hearts and you choose to give us good things anyway. I'm really overwhelmed by your goodness to me. I know I don't deserve it. I know none of us deserves it, and yet uh, you give it to us. And so we thank you. We worship you. Uh, We ask that you would help us grow in that gratitude. And Lord, we know that uh, uh, just like we sang about this morning, we could spend all eternity doing nothing else in our lives but, but giving you thanks, giving you glory, giving you worship, and still it would not be enough. Your love for us just knows no boundaries, and we praise you for that. God, I'm thankful for this church, for this congregation, thankful for the way you have shepherded us. You haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You've got good things in store for us. And God, I pray that you would just continue to show yourself to be a loving God, a compassionate God, a God who, who knows just what we need when we need it and is, uh, is overjoyed to give us those things. Help us to be able to recognize you, recognize your hand at work in uh, each other and recognize your hand at work in our lives. And we pray this in the name of your son, the ultimate gift that you've given us. Amen.